Hey, I'm Spencer Powell and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with Jason and Brad of Imagine Remodeling. Jason, he is the president over at Imagine Remodeling, and his interest in construction started at an early age when his first quote-unquote job was scraping grout from an old tile countertop from a contractor friend when he was 12 years old. After that, he was hooked. He spent every summer throughout high school working as a laborer, absorbing every bit of information he could along the way. For several years, he learned the ins and outs of residential remodeling and running a small business. And as his career advanced, he worked for a custom home builder, a production home builder, and two large commercial contractors. Jason is passionate about creating amazing experiences for each client through upfront, clear, and timely communication, clearly understood scopes of work with accurate estimates, creative designs, and accurate project schedules with on-time project completion. He believes these simple steps allow Imagine Remodeling to succeed where many others fail. Brad is the vice president over at Imagine Remodeling and often jokes that he started his working life at three years old on his family farm in Nebraska. Shortly after, he moved to Wisconsin. And as you can imagine, a respect for blue collar hard work, adapting to the cold weather, and his love for sports were forged. Those unforgiving winners will teach you how to sacrifice and serve people in need. And Brad found himself enjoying anything he could create with his hands. Brad landed in Fresno and began his pursuit for creative freedom as a music major in college where he also worked part-time doing construction. It didn't take long before he was working full-time as a tile and stone setter and made the decision to commit his career to design and remodeling. He believes there is something unique about getting lost in the creative moment where time stands still and the noise of life fades. It allows him to focus on a single purpose and to create beautiful things. Now for the conversation with Jason and Brad. Hey, Jason, Brad, glad to have you guys here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. Well, I always like to kick these things off with kind of a little bit of the the origin story. So I'm curious, how'd you guys get into the business? How did it all start? Yeah, it's interesting. It's been a been a 10-year plus journey. It was 2009 when I got laid off from a big commercial construction company. I started my own business late that year and into 2010, doing residential work and swinging my own hammer and doing the the one hit wonder, chucking a truck kind of routine, and uh, just kind of grew that. and And Brad and I knew each other from the kind of the commercial side. He came in and did a lot of the tile work for the jobs I was running. And fast forward a couple of years in 2013, we kind of changed the focus of the company to be bathrooms only, be really niche driven. And that's when Brad and I joined forces as Quick Bath. And then fast forward again, we had so many bathrooms and repeat clients that wanted kitchens and additions that again, in 2018, we morphed into a full design build 
company. And that's where we've been since. Right on. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I find a lot of journeys start with just that first step of like, well, we got to get one project and you go from there. So yeah. Uh, what's the what's the business look like today? I know you said design, build, but like what's kind of your sweet spot for projects and, and that sort of thing? Well, you know, we're open to anything. I mean, we've been getting larger projects and larger products. So it's growing and growing. We started really with bathrooms, which were in that you know, kind of twenty-five to forty thousand dollar range for dollars. You know, and then as we've grown, I mean, we started doing kitchens, and now we're doing whole house remodels. I mean, we're in that three hundred plus stage for some projects that we're looking at, and we've got some even bigger projects in design right now that you know are much higher than that. So it's yeah. potentially really nice. Um, the costs are driven up. I mean, it doesn't mean necessarily our profits are going to be that great, but they're definitely higher dollars we're working with for sure. Yeah, it feels like definitely over the last couple of years, people are wanting to do more and more around the home and making it a place where they can kind of do everything from home base. Yeah, why don't you share where you guys are at and maybe some of the trends that you've been seeing over the last couple of years? Yeah, we've definitely seen an uptick in, like you said, bigger projects. I think the the whole COVID era that has been going for a couple of years now is, has really made people rethink home and, and what it means to them and, and what it means to, to spend, you know, 16 hours a day in that place, six to eight of it sleeping, the rest of it doing other things. So whether it's family entertainment, home offices, bathrooms and kitchens that you enjoy being in, I think that's really where our business has been, has seen the most change, especially when you're a design build and you're talking to clients about high design and, and what it means to feel your space rather than just be in your space. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. I want to rewind a little bit. You talked about how after you got going, you decided to niche into bathrooms. I'm really curious why that decision was made and kind of what the thinking was there. Because I find that businesses make a lot of pivots over their journeys. And and that feels like one of your first big pivots. It was. And so I was in... My first company was called Diversified Builders. And that was where I was solo. And... I built that to about 800,000 or so in revenue. And then I was like, I don't know how to grow a business with extra people. And, you know, I'm only making so much money. And I didn't really understand the whole profit margin scenarios early on in those, in those first couple of years. So I reached out to a, a good business friend of mine that uh, buys and sells businesses, has started multiple companies. And he took a look at our data and said, you know, when I look at this, bathrooms is where you're making your money. Everything else is just being carried by that. You need to focus on bathrooms. And so that's what we did. We went full niche and we did. We were at one point doing probably close to 30 bathrooms a year. Yeah, that's awesome. And, th- and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that happens a lot of times like in, you know, in this industry where you kind of generalize you know it's like oh we can do this and that and then you kind of discover that there's you, you kind of build your engine around being really good at a couple of things and it sounds like you kind of figured that out so then now I'm curious to kind of go to the next pivot you know why the shift to kind of opening it back up to to more projects and the shift to design build yeah I mean that's a good question because we really what we were hearing from our clients more than anything was, you know, what they experienced in larger remodels with other companies and how poor the communication was and how long it took. Quick Bath was really focused on scheduled-driven, time-driven. 
stuff. We were guaranteeing getting in and out of their life at a certain time, you know, so this bathroom will take three weeks or four weeks. So we kind of already had that template in mind and we were able to just take that template and service people on a larger scale with bigger projects. And it was appealing because Jason and I, when we first talked about the company, we had all these things that we didn't want to be, right? We didn't want to be that guy that, you know, disappoints their client and doesn't communicate with them and doesn't let them know costs and, you know, all of the things that you heard every when griping about. So that's kind of where our foundation was. It's okay, let's not be those people and let's be us. And, you know, so it, it, it just kind of started morphing into this idea of Imagine Remodeling, which was, you know, really still niche driven, you know, I mean, but really now we're just more client driven, like what they need. And if it fits into our model, you know, we're really happy to service them. Yeah. So, our, yeah. yeah, I would say our niche now, I mean, we don't look at anything outside of, residential work. I mean, we don't even slightly entertain commercial work, multifamily, anything like that. We are niche. If we don't design it, we don't build it. Yeah. So we, we don't look at architect work. We don't look at you know anything outside of us. The only caveat to that is if it's a past client and they're a business owner and they might actually have something that they just trust us to do, we wouldn't say no to a past client to help them. If it was still in our model, we could do it. You know, and we have done a couple little commercial, nothing large, but just small commercial work for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like a lot of the best businesses, I mean, whether it's the creation of the business or an adjustment is just listening to the customer. It sounds like that's where a lot of that next shift came from was just hearing, hey, I think we can do it better. I think we can solve these problems that, you know, these people have had these horror stories or issues in the past and, you know, and we can come in there and change that. So, yeah, super cool. I guess based on where you are today, what do you feel like makes you guys unique in kind of your marketplace and your local area? Is it that design build aspect or is it a combination of a few things? Yeah, it really is a combination. I mean, design build in our area is fairly new. So we do have to do a lot of education of what that means, right? You know, it's the umbrellas over all of it, right? So we spent some time doing that, but it also took on a new life really with with Imagine Remodeling and like how we wanted to, you know, have more of a transparency to our clients and establish trust really early into it through the design process and really being open, you know, that way. Cause I feel like there's always been just a, uh, kind of like a barrier between contractors and costs and people always feel like they could be taken advantage of. So we just decided to do go more transparent with our open book policy, show them our markups, be right there for them. And, you know, it's good and bad. I mean, you spend more time answering questions. You have a lot to talk about, but it also helps them get comfortable with you, you know, and feel like, okay, you know, these guys are only trying to make this much at the end of a job. We can see those dollars, you know, so they feel like they're not, you know, going to get taken advantage of. It's back to that, just establishing the right, you know, tone with them and and us finding, getting better at finding the right clients too. I can hear about 90% of your contractor audience going, oh my God, they show all their numbers to their clients. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a counterintuitive thing to do in this business. And we, even in our own RA group, when we were part of the Remodelers Advantage, they're like, why would you do that? And, you know, we, we bucked them for so long on doing that. They, they're like, well, maybe you just don't trust your numbers. So you, and it's like, no, we trust our numbers. We trust them so much that we're going to show them to our clients. Right. And we're going to we're going to take the position that the client will understand 
that we need to make money. We're not here as a charity operation, but we're also not trying to make exorbitant money. It's an education thing, right? Because most of them have no idea what the cost is. And when they see that lump sum number is so large, they're like, oh my, you know, in some cases, the remodels more than what they bought the house for, you know, sure. so, <laughs> so they're just sitting here going, how does this work? Right. So it's really about education, you know, and we take it that way, you know, it does yeah. get difficult when people are asking maybe too many questions and trying to understand, you know, but it's, it's, I think it's been worth it for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and certainly I would say when you just like zoom out and look at the macro, like today's consumer likes transparency. They like to do their own research. They like details. So I'm sure that has played a positive you know, role in, in just that, you know. It is. I mean, you can Google remodelers markup for kitchens and see what they're, you know, I mean, it's, it's right there already for people to find out. So, I mean, we might as well not avoid the conversation, I guess, more than anything, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, kind of thinking about your, your whole journey and maybe even just the last, you know, three to five years, what do you think has been the toughest part about growing a business when you just think about, you know, from, from start to finish? Hmm. Do you want me to start or you? <laughs> sure. So Jason and I are very motivated people. We're very different. And so it helps us being a business partner because we get along but we also see things from two different ends a lot. So it's been a, a good balance for us. But for me, it's really about finding quality people that are skilled labor and be able to grow them. So I've had to take an approach that maybe is a little slower, and that is find more of a blank canvas person that's eager to learn and teach and mentor and, and kind of grow them up rather than finding a skilled carpenter that, you know, he's worked for four companies and, you know, he's trying to get an extra $4 an hour and he's just, you know, he's just shopping, shopping, shopping. And he doesn't want to relearn anything to fit in our company. So just, I think for me, because I run the production side of things, that's been the hardest thing is just to find the right people with the right attitudes. And so I just felt like, well, I'll get them young and just kind of help mentor them into like this culture that we have, which is team-based. And, you know, it's not, you're not a free agent and you're not shopping everywhere because we can't compete as a small business with that. There's just no way. Yeah. For me, the, I think the biggest thing for me to overcome on the, the business side and especially on the, the sales hat that I wear is making that transformation of believing that what I'm selling is worth what I'm selling it for, right? Mm -hmm. we, we had to stop competing on price, right? And, and you'll hear that a lot of different places, but, you know, 90% of the contractors out there are still competing on price. We're, we're not competing on price. We're, we're competing on service and quality and, and experience. To take, to the of course, price is always part of that equation. Even a great remodeler is like a baseball player. If you're batting, you know, 300, you're an all-star. You know, when you when you're looking at raw leads to completed completed contracts, so you have to learn to take rejection well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was probably the biggest transition to me. Going, our service is worth what we're charging for it, and we are going to grab them by the hand and we're going to walk them through that. We're going to educate them. We're going to answer every question they have, and we're going to make the process of the construction smooth. So that was me trying to get out of my own head trash of how do I get this price lower? How do I get this price lower so I can sell it? I can't sell it at this price. And getting beyond that, probably what 95% beyond it, you know, probably two or three years ago, I still fight it occasionally, especially now with the way prices are just 
skyrocketing on a monthly basis. I'm back into that space like, holy cow, <laughs> this is really <laughs> even beyond what I thought it was going to be, you know, and, yeah. and, and trying to make my own adaptations from an estimator standpoint has been hard to try and keep up on where the, where the prices are. And I think finally, like the other thing was, you know, we can't just do it all ourselves. So we've had to bring in very talented people. I think our focus was, you know, let's find people that are good at what they do and bring them in. So, you know, whether it's a designer or whether, you know, it's a project manager that's really capable and these kinds of things. So it was really getting outside of ourselves too. And, you know, like you always, because when you grow a company, it becomes your baby and it's hard to turn loose of certain aspects of it. Sure, there's some that you would love to never touch again, but, you know, and that's been a good growth yeah. period, I, mean, I think, over the last year and a half is that we've been able to find some people that have really helped us. You know, that's why we said earlier when we were just discussing this, that we've been kind of prepped and ready for growth for two years because we've kind of been finding these people and training them and keeping them with us. So we're, we're you know, set for 2022 to have, you know, hopefully a really good year. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, we've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems and i recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book and that book is called the remodeler marketing blueprint and you can pick up a copy by going to the website remodelermarketingblueprint.com you can also search for it on amazon or wherever books are sold online but i highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I want to kind of drill into... Um, Jason, what you were talking about, kind of the, I don't know if it's head trash or whatever, however you described it around selling price and moving towards value. I feel like a lot of people go through that, whether it's business owner or somebody in a sales role, because as a consumer, you're kind of naturally trained to like think about price and, and or it's just a big factor. Do you have any tips for anybody that's maybe struggling with that still, you know, on, on how to work through that? Yeah, I mean, I think my my biggest thing is I was judging everybody from my own perspective, right? Who I am, you know, I'm a very conservative, financially conservative person, and I was seeing everything through that lens. And I had to, I had to take those glasses off and and open myself up to other means of thought and how a different client might use it. And then I had to get out of the realm of everybody that calls me is a potential client. Mm. Right. And I had to develop over the years, I've developed a, a more and more detailed pre-qualification process so that I'm not leaving the office unless I know that person is, you know, pretty well qualified to, to buy from us. And then that obviously makes the sales process easier. 
And then when we design them, when we get them into the design process, because our sales process is really a, a combination of sales and design, because we go from a initial meeting to a design agreement through the design process to a construction agreement. So it's really the the weeding out of the p- people that just are not your clients. And once you do that, you're meeting people that are your clients, you gain more confidence because you're selling a higher percentage. Um, and then that head trash starts to starts to disappear. And it's yeah. really believing in the value of what you are selling, right? Because quality people in your house, taking care of the things, the craftsmanship, you know, it's value. I mean, you can go to one of these box stores and buy something and you can use it three times and it breaks, right? Or And you can feel like, oh, well, I hit my price point, but my price point didn't really service what I wanted it to be, right? So it's getting outside of what he was talking about and really understanding the value of what our company is offering people. It's the experience, right? The experience of working and going through it because there is a journey you go on with each other, right? And that journey can last six months and it could be rough and you want, you know, you want to have people that are listening to you and adjusting it. So it really has to do with value, I think, more than anything, like what you're selling. You believe in value. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are good points. And I think that conversation happens in a lot of people's head with value and price. And so, yeah, I think those are good, good reminders. Over over the course of, I think you said it's 10 10 plus years or something, you've probably had like a wacky client or project-like story. Anything come into mind there? Obviously, don't have to name names or, uh, or anything, but anything just like super weird or like, I can't believe that happened. Well, there's definitely out there. I mean, whether I could think of anything now. So it actually happened to me, the wackiest thing that's ever happened to me. So I've been doing construction and been on the job site for about, I don't know, 32 years now, you know, and this is when we were kind of doing bathrooms and we were out there. So laughable story. Can I tell this (laughs) story? So um, we had one of these, what do they call the the tub? It's a walk-in bathtub. It's a walk-in bathtub. They're deep. They're about four and a half feet deep or something. And I had just kind of hurt my rotator cuff on my arm. And they were complaining that the bathtub wasn't draining properly. So we, we were, the bathroom's already done. Everything's in place. So I went over there to test it and I fill it up with water. And sure enough, the thing wasn't draining. And then I got thinking, all right, how do I get the water out of there? So I'm like, no one's home. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to get into this tub and reach down in here. So I start trying to reach and to get into a tub, I'm deciding like, okay, I guess I'll take my clothes off and jump in this tub real quick and get this water off. So first I reach and because my arm, my shoulder was leaning against the seat of it, it slips off and I go head down like a bobber in this tub. (laughs) with no clothes on and I'm just waiting for the homeowners to come in and go, what? Well, they're not even home at that point. Not at that point. But so I do get the plug off the tub drains. I'm soaking wet and I hear the garage door start to open. I'm dripping wet, still have my clothes on. And I know the wife's going to come through any minute. And so it was as quick as I could. I did get dressed. She went to the kitchen first. Thank goodness. And I didn't say anything, but of course, Jason being the great business owner that he is (laughs) and my partner went ahead and told her the story the next time she was there so she was laughing at it so i just thought you know man dies upside down in a tub naked so oh my gosh it. yeah you could, you could pretty much write a bunch of headlines for that one yeah, yeah. that is definitely the funniest story we've ever had yeah that's pretty um, awesome 
That, that's a good one. <laughs> um, we don't right, well, end up taking our clothes off at our clients' houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what we'll put in the show notes. Is yeah, if if you want more of this, work with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for wacky. <laughs> no, no, that that's awesome. There's always something, you know, and you just you know stuff happens. You move on, you know, you laugh about it. So I, I like that one. What's the future look like for you guys? I know you're setting up for a good good this year, but do you guys look down the road? You know, three five years. What does it look like? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, two years ago, we probably had a pretty clear idea with. With COVID, that's kind of sent us back to the drawing board because we don't know what the we don't know what the normal is going to be. Is it going to stay where it is now, or is it going to change again? We've always had our eye out to where we want to be. You know, we're looking. Brad and I are both looking probably in that you know five to eight year range where we want to have we want to still be owners of the company, but not necessarily in the day to day operations that we've built a company that can run without us and we're more of the the guiding forces of the of the company. That's our long-term plan. You know, we gotta we gotta put one foot in front of the other. Like I mentioned kind of before we started the show, we're we're looking to double or even potentially triple our growth this year that's been compounded from the last two years of no growth. Um, so that looks like it's setting up that way, but we'll we'll temper that with some some uh knocks on wood to see if that happens, but that that's where we're headed in the short term and what our long-term vision is. I don't know if you have anything to, to add. No, I mean, obviously we just have to stay fluid with the way things are going with everything, you know? So it's, we look at things through both lenses, right? One of L let's growth and it's the best scenario we've had. And then it's like the worst scenario, right? And usually it's going to find somewhere in the middle of where that is. You know, I just learned that you just have to kind of enjoy it all. You know, it's it can be chaotic at times. And, you know, you plan and you plan and then it's just like someone just hits a button and blows it up. You know, so you just have to laugh and move on. <laughs> I right? keep wondering. I keep wondering who has that button because man, yeah, they get like, a little oh, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. I think that's that's an awesome goal to kind of. Yeah. So you. I mean, short term, you got to take the steps, but hey, how can we pull ourselves out of this and, you know, keep replacing ourselves? And yeah, it's amazing. Somebody somebody out there is a little trigger happy because it seems like you built some momentum and then something happens and, you know, it sets you back a little and then you take a couple more steps and it happens again. But I feel like that's, I don't know, I feel like that's entrepreneurship. So uh, it's happening yeah. to everybody. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah, and we've been, we've been, I mean, you know, if we had any advice, one of the things that's kept us through this, obviously, I don't know if we talked about this yet or not, was just being flexible and nimble and being ready to make decisions by looking at both sides of the equation. And, you know, we've done that by by really not having any debt that keeps us super nimble and, and able to adapt to, to whatever comes our way because we don't, when you, when you don't owe money to somebody, it, it makes makes moving quite easy. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I uh, tend to agree with you. Keep, keep the debt low and uh, <laughs> be able it's to move. It's a slower forward. growth, but you know, it's also a safer one. So. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone has their own risk tolerance. So, you know, they'll, they'll make different decisions. Exactly. Uh, well, I was going to, I was going to end on, if you had one piece of advice, what would that be? I think uh, you kind of hit one, one piece there, Brad, I don't know if you'd have, you know, People listen to this or remodelers just like you guys, you know, the business model might look a little different, but any advice for people listening that just something you've learned or you want to pass along? Yeah. I mean, if you're there and it's frustrating and you just feel like you're pounding your head, 
you know, and you, you're overwhelmed and maybe you're one guy. I mean, it's been easier for Jason and I because we have each other through the whole thing. And I know how difficult it would be to be a sole proprietorship or just trying to do it on your own. You know, it's like seek help. You know, look, one of the things like when we talked about like Remodeler's Advantage, getting involved with things, whether it's local or it's like organizations that you can learn from and other people that have done it and let them help guide you through it. You know, don't just stand there and beat your head against the wall and say, I'm no good at this. Well, there's parts of it that you're good at. You're not going to be good at everything. No one is. So I would just say, you know, seek help, you know, get, get as much information as you can continue to learn. Yeah. I mean, it's growth, right? Because we all have to learn. So it's just, it's just stay positive, enjoy the journey, you know, who knows what the outcome will be. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Jason, anything you'd add to that final words of wisdom or. No. And I, you know, I think Brad, you know, will we'll attest to it. And, and I know you from our personal relationship a little bit that we have is, is that, you know, you're, you're always looking to other sources for inspiration and, and continued growth. Right. It doesn't have to be in your industry. It can come from all kinds of different places. But if you're always on the lookout for it, you'll you'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I tend to agree with you guys. You know, we're, we're all just trying to get a little bit better every day and we don't know everything. And so you just got to learn a little bit more and keep moving. <laughs> and stay true to your vision. You know, I think it's so easy to get lost in the weeds, right? Try to stay true to your vision, you know, of what you created. Jason and I had, we got lost in the weeds a couple of times and we just had to go back to center where it's like, why did we make this company? Why are we doing this? Right. And it's like, just stay true to that. I, you know, you believe in it. It's going to be easy to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great advice. And um, guys, I appreciate you sharing your story and spending some time with me. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Spence. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month, we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.